0: Pakalufa and welcome to the World in Sport from RNZ Pacific, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week the Fiji men's sevens team regained that winning feeling, Nui Rugby League looks to launch a women's team and a new professional boxing body is born in Papua New Guinea. But first, a proposed Pacific-based super rugby team is effectively dead in the water after failing to find the required funding. A feasibility study commissioned by New Zealand's Ministry of Foreign Affairs last year recommended a Pacific side be based in Suva and also play home games in Samoa and Tonga. But Pacific Rugby players boss Aidan Clark has been involved in the ongoing bid discussions, says the Fiji Rugby Union pulled the plug after the bid was unable to attract the minimum annual investment demanded by Super Rugby's governing body, Sansa.
1: In the end especially the MFAT bid, which was led by Fiji, that included Samoa and Tonga. I actually think a sensible decision was made there. Since I have a fairly high bar in terms of the financial needs of a team to be able to uh, compete and be sustainable in that competition. Um, the decision was made uh, within the Pacific that really financially didn't stack up and and the losers in that if if they were to put all their eggs in that basket of having a franchise team out of there would probably be community rugby and club rugby and and wouldn't allow them to have the necessary funds to be able to service the game at those levels so a sensible decision um, although very disappointing um, that the bar is so high was to pull out from that bid and secondly, obviously, the players of, of New Zealand and, and also across the Pacific, everybody agreed that we need to go back to a round-robin competition, um, get away with the conference system and, and, and have things a bit cleaner uh, for multiple reasons. So by all accounts, it seems like we're heading towards that. And, and whether it includes a Pacific team or not, it's looking very unlikely.
0: So are there any conversations still being had about the the MFAT team, so to speak, the, the Fiji-led bid, which is... Now, no longer Fiji-led. Uh, uh, are those parties still in conversations, or with the money not there, is it basically just, that's it? Uh,
1: there was huge interest, but yeah, based on conversations I've been involved with lately, um, it's pretty much done. Uh, like I said, it just doesn't stack up financially. Um, there was a lot of will there to try and get it across the line, um, but sensible decisions being made there, and really the ball's back in the Sandars court around um, what they want to do and who makes up the competition going forward.
0: You know, obviously the respective unions, Fiji Samoa Tonga, for example, were never going to be able to find 12 million US dollars annually themselves. Um, So, was it hoping for corporate support that wasn't quite there in the end?
1: Definitely, that was a huge factor. Um, a considerable amount had to come from corporate support. Not to say they wouldn't have got it. Um, in discussions with the commercial teams on those uh, unions, there was a bit of confidence in there that if they did get the tick, that they'd then have a few years to put that in and get that sorted. Um, and and I, I believe there was a few underwritings happening. But, yeah, overall, it was, it was more than that. And um, really, like I said, the financial bar was just too, one too high
0: to get to. And I suppose even if you think you're going to get the money, even if you're confident you've got you know, uh, people in the wings you have to show Sansa that you definitely have the money and you've got to basically put it on the table in front of them to give them the confidence that it's going to work.
1: Exactly. So there was a lot of amount that that they could guarantee, but it's a significant amount that Sansa are asking for and um, we weren't able to meet that.
0: And I guess the other side of the coin is that even if money was flowing out of briefcases and pockets and bank accounts and whatever, if Sansa decides they don't actually want to have more teams, it possibly wouldn't have mattered anyway.
1: Yeah, well, I've, I've seen discussions about that um, recently because obviously to make a round-robin work, which from a player's perspective everybody wanted, and it really doesn't work with 15 teams. It really had to be 14 or 16. 16 makes it possible to add an additional team, but then we come around the financial difficulties. So um, look, I'm not sure where Sands are at at the moment. And if it was to be 14 teams, then obviously that means culling somebody, which makes it pretty hard to add somebody extra in, uh, unless them, you know, there's some massive movements within the tectonic plates of the region. So, um, but that doesn't seem to be happening. So at the moment, you know, if you can't put them in, then it's probably not going to be able to work.
0: I mean, that team was proposed to be based in Suva, and in reality, with Fiji out of the picture, I mean, that's the only logical place you could have it at the moment, isn't it?
1: For a number of reasons, it made a lot of sense to be based in Suva, and Tonga and Samoa were in behind there. I I know there's still discussions going on for a couple of other groups around the willingness to try and get there if Sandsile were to look for a team out of Pacific, but um, a really, really small chance of that happening, um, and I'm not sure whether that was going to be based in Suva or not.
0: And, And those other discussions and other parties, they're not necessarily endorsed by the rugby unions, so to speak?
1: Yeah, probably not at the moment. It's just a lot of conjecture around um, the possibility of where that may lead. So like I said, there's a massive willingness to try and make it happen, um, but really just have to stack up commercially. So the key thing is um, Santa are working out the exact structure that's going to work for them. Look, going back to around Robin, uh, 14 teams, uh, whether that's going to be able to uh, increase the engagement of, of the public, um, whether that's going to... Uh, increase the appetite of the broadcasters. Uh, I think that's a separate debate, but um, really we just wait to see uh, exactly what that format's going to look like before um, we know exactly which teams will take part.
0: Is it tough to sort of sit in this position, in this situation, Aidan, as an advocate, obviously, for Pacific rugby players to to know, to look at what the Fijian and Drua did, to look at what the flying Fijians did, Uh, against France, and and to know what Pacific teams and players bring to rugby, uh, the interest, uh, the entertainment, you know, just the ability to play the game, to know that in super rugby that could probably happen and, and probably would happen, but it's all the other stuff that prevents it from happening.
1: Yeah, it's hugely disappointing, you know, from our perspective, we're always looking for more opportunities for the players. Part of our role as an association is to grow opportunities, which we've done in terms of other competitions and, and happening, like you said, with the Drawer and, and, and very uh very much at the moment it's around rapid rugby. So super rugby being, uh, being the flagship uh professional competition in this part of the world, it'd be fantastic to have a Pacific Island team in there. We all know around the contribution of Pacific Islanders and world rugby, uh, you know, one in six players across professional competitions now is Pacific Island descent. Um, We talk about them being the entertainers of the game. We talk about, um, I think it's a lot more than that. So wouldn't it be fantastic to have a team set up in in our flagship competition? Um, So, yeah, overall, it's it's really disappointing it can't happen. I understand uh, from lots of aspects, commercially and so forth, and also um, having all the ducks in a row. But, yeah, it it is very disappointing.
0: And uh, in, in terms of rapid rugby, I guess that is an alternative method. We've got the Indrua and the NRC in Australia. Uh, there's been calls for Tonga and Samoa to have teams either in Australia or New Zealand as well, but Rapid Rugby, uh, Andrew Forrest, plenty of cash. Uh, there's obviously a desire to do something and, and get something underway pretty quickly. So uh, it may not be the preferred avenue for some teams, but it, it seems like uh, you know another possible step to a, a, at least you know give Pacific players um, you know another chance on the global stage.
1: Yeah, exactly. I know there's a lot of nervousness around Global Rapid Rugby, but uh, we've been working with them and, and also our fellow associations, NDRPA and, and Rupert in Australia, around making sure we work alongside Rapid Rugby so that it can happen and that it, that it works well. This means possibly another, you know, we could be talking 30, 40, 50 extra professional contracts for on-island-based Pacific Island players, so... You know, my job is to work as hard as we can to make that happen. At the moment, um, you know, we've got Fiji included in there and it looks like we're going to have a lot more um, presence. I know it hasn't been confirmed officially, um, but, you know, that's that's exciting. Um, and any time that there's more opportunity for players to uh, spread their wings um, and put their best foot forward and, and, and to uh, show the world what they can offer, especially the current on-island players and the guys who are yet to secure Super Rugby or European contracts, then that's fantastic. So... You know I, know, I know there's a lot of disappointment at the moment out there around Super Rugby and Pacific Island teams have been involved with that, but um, quite possibly the public should, should uh, have a look over their shoulder at this thing called Rapid Rugby and, uh, and see how that evolves.
0: So that's meant to kick off in, what, February? I mean, that's not far away yep. at all, is it?
1: No, 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 it's not far away. So uh, it's going to be a busy Christmas, mate. I know, I know there's a lot of recruitment going on at the moment. Teams are setting up their high-performance environments. There's established teams like Hong Kong and so forth who are good to go. They're rolling over the team out of Singapore. They're very organised. Um, so yeah, from a Pacific Island point of view there's a lot of work to be done um, but I can tell you everybody behind the scenes including us as an association uh, to make sure that everything's done with player welfare right at the forefront um, yeah it's going to be busy, Busy December, busy Christmas
0: That's Pacific Rugby Players CEO Aidan Clark The Fiji Men's Sevens team have returned to winning ways in the latest World Series event in Cape Town Alosio Nanduva scored a last-ditch try to prep the hosts' South Africa 17-12 in the semi-finals, before the Fijians outclassed the United States 29-15 in the Cup final. Fiji's success avenges their defeat to the US in the Cup quarter-finals last weekend in Dubai, while it also marks their first tournament victory on South African soil for 13 years. Coach Gareth Baber says it was an important result.
2: You know, it's been a long time coming here for the Fijians uh, to win in Cape Town, but it's been, you know, obviously we were disappointed last week that we didn't manage to perform to the levels that we've done this week, and that's what makes me most proud that these boys have done everything for their families back home, um, obviously for the country of Fiji and the Lord as well. I mean, Fijian fans are everywhere in the world, wherever we travel, and we say a big thank you for all those people who make such an effort to come and support us. Um, but it was good, you know, we've had some battles here this weekend, most notably probably South Africa in that semi final. But um, all credit to the players and the staff that are concerned with our team, they've, they've manned up.
0: Fiji are up to third in the overall standings behind the US and New Zealand, while Samoa have slipped to 10th place after losing the Challenge Trophy final to Argentina 38 14. After reaching a rankings high in the men's game, New Zealand Rugby League is on course to debut a women's international team for the first time. Women's Rugby League will make its Pacific Games debut in Samoa next year, with Anayin's competition to be held alongside the men's event. Zealand Rugby League's Brendan Perinata says a group of players came together in Sydney recently, where the genesis of a national women's side was formed.
2: We just had a bit of a must uh, last week on Sunday, uh, just to see who's out there, and uh, a few girls turned up on... Um on Sunday, and then like just, it just um, reminds me back of the days uh, when we started back in twenty eleven with our newer men's and you know it just all starts again. Like we just got to keep on going through data and seeing who's out there to play for Newer, who, who can represent us.
0: And uh, what what sort of interest have you had? How who, who's been behind getting trying to get this team off the ground?
2: Just our staff, we're, we're trying to work with the Auckland New Air Rugby League over there. Um, we've a lot busy on their calendar, so uh, we're just probably going to have to take it on ourselves and then run a the woman's from here and then try and get women's from the Auckland New Air Rugby League. The Western, we've got a couple of chapters over here Western, Western Australia New Air Rugby League, and we've got Townsville New Air Rugby League, and also um, Queensland New Air Rugby League. So. There's a lot of chapters around there we can uh, pluck from for talent uh, for the newer women, so I think it's uh, looking good for the future.
0: Do you have a feel for how many players? What sort of a you know playing pool for the women you have at the moment?
2: Just no, I don't actually. I don't know what, what kind of talent we've got for newer rugby league ourselves. We we'll just have to see us from from these musters and the, the the emails that come in that volunteer to put it out their hand, and just see where they're playing and club footy, and then take it from there.
0: How many turned up to the muster?
2: Uh, yeah, there was only about four girls that turned up to then, and then we got a few calls from out of state and from New Zealand. So we'll probably have to they'll have to fly in on the Thursday Friday, as we do with the men's. So, um, they usually fly in on Thursday on Wednesday, and then when they we train Thursday Friday, then we play the tournament Saturday.
0: And so, so is there a is there a new women's team going to compete at Cabramatta or?
2: Yeah, we're we'll definitely going to put a women's in there, and um, that'll be a build-up towards the Samoa Games.
0: And uh, so, so previously there's never been a women's team, be it a nines or thirteens, that have competed and represented Nuret officially?
2: Nah, this will be the first one, a Nogo uh, women's team, to officially represent uh, internationally uh, for new Rugby League. So, yeah, it's a big ask and a big task.
0: That's the Nuret men's rugby league coach Brendan Perenata. A new professional boxing body is being set up in Papua New Guinea, which organisers plan to expand into the Pacific. The Oceania Boxing Association is sanctioning three title fights in Port Moresby later this month, one of which has been contested by a Manus Island refugee. Ben Robinson-Drawbridge spoke with the association's patron, the former MP, Ben Micah.
3: It will cover uh, New Zealand, Australia, all Pacific Island countries, including PNG, Indonesia and Philippines. Later, we want to extend it to Indian Ocean countries.
2: Why was it necessary to form this new association?
3: Essentially, because we want to focus on developing a sub-regional base for boxing, because boxing in the Pacific at the professional level dropped down. So we want to establish a body that will realistically deal with fighters who can compete at our level, And then the best from there can go up to maybe Asia Pacific or go up to Commonwealth or to the World Professional Boxing Board. And our aim, you know, coming from Papua New Guinea, is to base this organisation here in Papua New Guinea and to make Port Moresby the boxing capital of the Oceania region.
2: And that will start on December the 22nd when there's a big fight night happening in Port Moresby.
3: Two fighters from Indonesia... Uh, coming to fight, uh, professional fighters here in Port
2: And the fight that I'm particularly interested in is between uh, Izzatullah Kaka from Pakistan and yes. John Korake.
3: That's right. Kaka is a, is a refugee that has now been granted citizenship in Papua New Guinea. But at the moment, because his passport has not been issued, he's, really, he's fighting under Pakistan. That will be the main event. It will be a very interesting fight, yes.
2: And there'll be three titles up for grabs that evening.
3: Three new titles under this new, new uh, body. So we have registered the name in Papua New Guinea. After the 22nd, our partners from Australia and uh, Indonesia, we will all meet and formally form the body. And then we will invite partners from New Zealand, Pacific countries, and the Philippines to join, and then we'll form the base of this organization in, in, in our definition of the Oceania League. I uh, just want to say that boxing in, in Papua New Guinea was big in the 70s. You know, we produced uh, Commonwealth champions like uh, Martin Benny, the late John Harbour and uh, we also, uh, you know, put the first Papua New Guinea to get a silver medal in the Commonwealth in Sogoli in 1979 in Edmonton. Also, Papua New Guinea in the last Pacific Games, in a lot of 12 divisions, uh, won uh, nine or eight. You know? So Papua New Guinea is a sleeping giant in boxing. Uh, Indonesia and uh, Philippines are advanced in Australia and New Zealand. Uh, and Papua New Guinea being the bridge between the Pacific and Asia can provide the opportunity to bridge fighters from this Oceania uh, region so that we can be able to produce a couple of world champions. You know, that's our way, to create a wider avenue for young people to come through and prove their worth within the Oceania region and then on to world class fights.
0: That's Ben Micah from the Oceania Boxing Association. And that's the World in Sport for this week from RNZ Pacific. I'm Vinny Wiley. Thanks very much for listening.